about KCAA Radio. Take care. God bless. See you next Wednesday at 3 o'clock. You're on board KCAA's Inland Talk Express. KCAA, Loma Linda, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. California headline news. Hundreds of firefighters, four helicopters continue the battle of wildfires spreading quickly along the 5 freeway in the Newhall area of Southern California. A nearby mobile home park evacuated. The 5 freeway there still closed. Some progress being made on the Washington fire burning in the Sierra close to the small town of Markleyville. Denise Alonzo with the Forest Service says strong winds and rough terrain are making things tough pretty steep. The fuels out there are really dry right now because we're in the fourth year of drought. That fire at 16,000 acres, 5% contained. The state making it easier for property owners to remove dead and dying trees due to drought. George Gentry with the State Board of Forestry and Fire Prevention says there are more than 12 million trees across the state dying because of the drought and insects. It's so widespread now in California that uh, we need to give uh, uh, landowners another tool to uh, get in immediately and alleviate the situation. Geico weather, another warm, dry day in California. I'm John Gilliland, California. Geico is available 24-7. Unlike Billy, my boyfriend, who is apparently available 24-never. And with Geico's claim status update, after I report a claim, I receive update alerts through my Geico app. Did you hear that, Billy? Update. Alerts. I sure would like to be updated on why you can't return a text. Maybe I should just be dating Geico. Claim status updates, just a few taps away on the Geico app. Hey, California here with Geico to give you some interesting information. People may call me the Grizzly State, but if you ask me, you should probably just call me Motorcycle Heaven. Because let's face it, I'm the best place there is to take your motorcycle out for a ride with no planned destination. And if you really want a heavenly ride, Geico could save you hundreds on motorcycle insurance. They have competitive rates and emergency roadside service, so your summer rides are more endless than ever. Geico Motorcycle. See how much you could save. Good afternoon. It's a couple minutes after the hour. I'm Di Rice with the latest in local news on KCAA 1050 AM. A deaf man was beaten and robbed at the Coffee Bean at Mission Inn Avenue and Main Street in Riverside while at an outdoor table yesterday. Riverside police are looking for the two men who beat him, took his Mac, and fled on foot. They are looking for a third suspect who approached him earlier as well. The suspects are described as a 20-year-old white man with a thin build who was wearing a gray sweater, white shirt, black and red gloves, and a dark hat. A black man in his 20s with a medium build who was wearing a long dark sleeve shirt, dark jeans, and a black hat with a white logo on the front, and a Hispanic man in his 40s with a medium build who was wearing a black and white plaid hoodie with matching shorts, a dark shirt, and black shoes. Anyone with information is asked to call 951-826-8714. 951-826-8714. And the forest around Mount San Gorgonio at 11,499 feet, the tallest peak in Southern California, began attracting tourists in the late 1800s. In 1929, the Forest Service set aside 11,800 acres of that region as the San Gregonio Recreational Area. Two years later, it was expanded by 20,000 acres and became the San Gregonio Primitive Area. In 1964, the San Gregonio Wilderness Area was created by the federal government through the Wilderness Act. Well, now hikers are mourning 100 miles of blackened trails that wind through the protected land as 18,875 acres have been burned with a 38% containment. Inland Empire weather still sunny and hot. Highs into the mid-90s tomorrow. Overnight lows around 60 degrees. Currently, it's about 94 here in San Bernardino. That's the latest with local news on KCAA 1050 AM. This report has been brought to you by Paula Casino Spa and Resort. Unleash your inner foodie with chef-inspired food and wine pairings at Cave, now open at Paula Casino and Resort. It's a one-of-a-kind wine cave, lounge, and dining experience you'll have to see to believe. Visit paulacasino.com to learn more. KCAA, where every day is a great day. KCAA, Loma Linda.
calling all men. It's now time for your show with your coach, the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Relax, be heard, and be understood. It's the show where men can be men. Now here's the gal who has your back, Linda Gross. Well, welcome to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. You're listening to uh, to the station where to the show where men can be men. We talk about all types of topics that men are interested in: men's rights, dating, sex, relationships, fitness, wellness, health, business, male hobbies, and the like, and more. We'll also be talking about excerpts from my book, Mastering Women. The real truth about women that will change your life forever. So welcome. Um, Joe, would you cue uh, S, please? All right. So that might take a moment. Let's let's go on to uh, what we did last week. Um, in, in case you missed us, we talked about Stuck at 17 with our life coach, Bruce Starr. If you missed it, you can go to the KCA website forward slash advocate to listen to last week's show. We talked about the psychological effects on what happens to the male psyche when his high school girlfriend either dumps him and or cheats on him. Um, also an update from the show from two weeks ago. Uh, can you hear me, Joe? Um, from the show from two weeks ago, uh, I was at the uh, Chatsworth Family Courthouse, and I was supporting uh, father's rights and also alimony reform. I collected a lot of signatures for alimony reform and helped join the rally. I do have an update for you. Uh, there is another gentleman who is uh, involved in father's rights. If you're totally at your wit's end and you don't know what to do, where to go, um, he might be a great resource for you, and unlike hiring an attorney, which may cost tens of thousands of dollars, um, he is donation-based, so there's no fee to you. It's just all based on donations. And Anyway, his name is Ray Lautenschlager, and he needs your help, and the way that he can help uh, you know, get these bills passed is to... Um, you know, get the, the state statutes in your state, and then you just copy and paste that into a Word document, send it to him, and he is very versed on creating uh, proposed bills. So he'd like to be able to outreach to other states as well. Currently, uh, he's in Ohio and wants to outreach to California and other states. So you can find his information, that's Ray Lautenschlager, on my website, which is www.themensadvocate.com forward slash men's rights. That's themensadvocate.com forward slash the men's rights. Yeah. Little gross superstar. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's from one of my listeners who recorded that audio. Thank you so much, Richard. Um, anyway, also, if you haven't done so already, please go to my Facebook page, my fan page, and uh, save that to your favorites. Hit the like, like page button, and that will have all of the program information, all the links I talk about, whoever my guests are, who the upcoming guests are, and that Facebook page is same as same name as the show, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. So please go ahead and do that. So today we have uh, our show called A Man's Best Friend. Joe, do we have our caller on the line? Okay, can, can you call him? Thank you. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about... Uh, the, a man's best friend. Where did that catchphrase come from anyway? Um, it was first uh, recorded as being made by Frederick II, King of Prussia, re referring to one of his Italian greyhounds as his best friend. The term was uh, likely popularized by its use in a poem by Ogden Nash. 
It has since become a colloquialism and refers to domestic dogs highlighting their close relations, loyalty, and companionship with humans. So we're going to talk a little bit about this subject. Um, so if you have any questions with regard to dogs, I'm going to have my guest on, uh, Larry Hill. Okay, not yet. Okay, I have my uh, guest on, uh, Larry Hill, and he has been... Um, he was working for animal services for about 10 years and then prior to that uh, for the previous 20 years prior to that he was a dog trainer and still is a dog trainer to uh, to this day he brings some very interesting insights to um, to dog training uh, it has been said that he is very perceptive with what dogs need and want and he's going to help you with your animal um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. So if you okay. have any questions with regards to dogs or how to train your dog, if you love dogs, if you hate dogs, you've been bitten by a dog, um, the, the dog next door is barking at all hours of the day. Um, pros, cons, tell us your stories. After my guest comes on for a few minutes, you're welcome to call in and write down our call-in number, which is 888-909-1050, 888-909-1050. All right, so now let's welcome our guest. His name is Larry Hill. Hi, Larry. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you? Great. Nice to have you on our show. It's nice for you to invite me. So t tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you came into this profession. Uh, I started training dogs uh, approximately 47 years ago. Uh, I got involved with training dogs. With Larry, I'm sorry. Shelby can you Sanders. speak up Speak up into your microphone loudly and clearly? I got involved with training dogs. Can you Perfect. hear me? Go ahead. Yeah, I got involved with training dogs uh, with my friend, Shelby Sanders, approximately uh, 47 years ago. Great. And it says that you um, identify with um, the basic drives that each dog has. And those basic drives are prey, socialization, and aggression. So tell us how you came upon figuring that out with dogs? Like, what, why is it based on their basic drives? Well, there's a lot more drives than that, but those are uh, the three basic drives that the dog has. He has a hunting drive, he has a hunger drive, he has a play drive. So just by being around dogs, you uh, start to assimilate all of these drives uh, as being the motivators for the dog. Great. It's, it's interesting that you base your work on core animal drives. Um, it's funny, I wrote my book, which is called Mastering Women, and what I did was is I scoured thousands and thousands of university research studies to like boil it down and dis distill it into what are the core drives that drive women. And I boiled it down <laughs> to four traits. And it's my contention that if a guy does these four characteristics, he can win over any, any woman, any day, any time, for any reason. Meaning she could be your one-night stand girl or she could be your forever girl. Just, basic, just with the basic knowledge of what these core drives are. So it's kind of interesting that you're doing the same thing with dogs because I, I totally commend you. It, it absolutely works when you know what those drives are. Well, it, it, it puts you into a correlation where you can understand the animal uh, better and you can have a better relationship with the animal. Most people don't even know that the dogs have these drives. I agree with you there, and most people don't know what the core drives for women are either. I agree with you there. So why would you say that a lot of uh, owners, well, would you say that a, a lot of owners don't train their dogs? Would that be a fair statement? That would be fair. You know, uh, they, they don't train the dog. They think that the dog will instinctively know what to do. 
and they leave it to its own uh, uh, inhibitions to uh, develop a relationship with them. Would you, would you say that um, training a dog sometimes comes naturally, or does the dog owner have to be trained on how to train a dog? Nine out of ten times you have to train the owner because most people have no concept as to what the dog needs or wants. So unless, you're saying unless you're around that environment or have had that type of experience, the average person is not going to know how to train a dog. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. I agree with you on that too. And a lot of people have asked me, you know, why are you having this show today? And I thought it would be a fun show because men really do like dogs and we've all heard the expression, man's best friend. But for right. me personally, um, when just in my observation, I think most dogs out there are not trained. They're ill-behaved, they're jumping on you, they're licking you, they're sniffing you, they're jumping up to the table table trying to eat people food I mean it's just completely out of control and yes, in my is. life I could I could probably count on one hand the number of dogs I've seen that that actually do have training and they're well behaved and my it's just a world of difference between just letting the dog do whatever it wants to do versus having a little bit of structure right well you you have to add structure to the yeah. dog's life so that you can have a more enjoyable time with your pet. A lot of people uh, let the dog do what he wants to do, go where he wants to go, and you see all of these situations that end up with dog bites, uh, dogs chasing people, and things of this sort. Larry, hold that thought. Let's uh, go to a commercial break, and we'll be right back after the break. You're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Um, write the call-in number down, 888-909-1050, 888-909-1050. Thank you. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name, hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases, and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchases required. Just start with this link each time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Hey guys, want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less? Linda Gross has done the research by interviewing 20,000 men. Reap the benefits. Go to themensadvocate.com slash coaching and you'll be on your way. Now back to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KCAA 1050 AM where men can be men. And you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Uh, my guest today is Larry Hill, and we're talking about a man's best friend. Welcome back, Larry. Thank All right, you. so you were saying that sometimes dogs are like people, that they're incorrigible. Do you find that some dogs are absolutely not trainable? Just like with people, you have people that refuse to follow the rules and regulations well so why wouldn't you have dogs <laughs> <laughs> that's true um so what what do you think drives a dog to have better behavior like why would well, the dog be motivated to help you out and do what the owner is saying well dogs have a bond with humans and that bond is they want to please they want to do what you want them to do, but if you don't know what to do or if you don't know how to teach them, then they're left on their own instinctive behavior. And what would you say uh, will cause the dog to not pay attention to the owner or the trainer? Uh, letting them have their own way, uh, treating them like they're people, treating them like uh 
they're the equal to uh, the owner. Hmm. So you need to establish, uh, you know, who the owner is and who the dog is, right? He's not on equal footing as you. Well, you've heard people say, you know, you have to obtain alpha. Alpha just means the leader. And the dog must know that he is not the alpha. He doesn't run the situation. He has to or should obey all of your commands. Right, exactly. I agree with you, too, and I write that in my book as well. Um, it's not as if it's back, you know, in, in our father's generation or our grandfather's generation where the men had 90 or 95 percent say-so with their women and the household. It's not that. You know, it's 2015 now. But what I do write in my book is the man has to ha be at least 1% more of a man than the woman, otherwise it's not going to work. Meaning that he's got to be alpha with regard to her in the household, otherwise it's not going to work. You can't have two people running the dance. It, you can't, exactly. It's not an equal footing. He has to exactly. be 1%, a little bit more of a man than she dog, is. If you don't teach the dog what to do, then how are they going to know? They that will act instinctively. And their instinctive ways are a lot different than our structured ways. And tell us a little bit about your structure. You mentioned in your tapes um, something about the urgency uh, in your commands. Tell our audience what that means. It means that you want the dog to understand that when I give you a command, you must obey. It just simply means that, you know, you have, if, if I say sit, I want the dog to sit. If I say down, I want the dog to down. I want him to do exactly what I command him to do. Hmm. And he's going to listen to you just like that? Or would you say it's also hand gestures gestures, and the tone of your voice, the sharpness of your voice, you know, things like that? So it's not just it's, the words, right? No, it's not just the words. It's all of that. You know, all of that is incorporated into the training of the dog. Is, is teaching the dog exactly what it is that you want them to do, your body language, your tone, uh, and your hand signals. All of this is incorporated, and you do this in a repetitious fashion so that the dog will learn. Joe, I hear a hot mic back there. All right, so um, what would you say uh, if the dog is not behaving and he is out of control, Whose fault is it? Is it the dog's fault or the owner's fault? It's the owner's fault. All the time? Some of the time? All of the time. All of the time. I, I cannot tell time. you how many people I run into and they always blame the dog. Like it's the well, dog or the dog, the dog breed or something to do with the dog. But they never ever say, oh, well, it's me. Maybe I need some training. <laughs> right. It's kind of funny right. how that works. Uh, it's the owners. It's the owners who uh, display the type of behavior that they want the dog to uh, display. And if the owner is not teaching the dog, then the dog, once again, as I said, they will react instinctively. They're pack animals. Right. Right. It's kind of funny. I was doing a little research before the show, and there's a very popular uh, TV personality, and he does have dog training classes. Um, they're quite pricey. It's like a, you know, four-digit price tag to go to these uh, classes that he has. And guess mm -hmm. what? Guess who's in the classes? Just the owner. There's no dog. Just the owner. <laughs> And I thought, bravo, that's really the way to get it done because if the owner doesn't get with the program, there's no way in heck that the dog is going to get with the program. Exactly. Just like when my students or my clients, they come to me, they bring the dog to me, I teach them, then they teach the dog. So describe some of the techniques um, that you have in your classes. What, what's most important to you to get across to the owner? Like what, when they get done with the seminar, what should they come away with? They should come away with a clear understanding of what it's going to take uh, to train this dog, the, the methods in which 
they need to train the dog, and uh, overall understanding of canine behavior. Very good. And how would you go about training a guard dog, for example, any differently than you would a family dog? Are there are the techniques the same, or are they different? No, they're ex they're extremely different. You know, if you're training a dog to be a guard dog, you know, you're training him to protect something, your property, your car, or your house. You know, so you would uh, implement a different type of training. Uh, it still involves the owner, but the methods that are used are quite different. Hmm. I once went to a party, and uh, a gentleman at the party was telling me about his cousin, and I guess the cousin is a very high-profile person, and the dog trainer plus the cousin and the cousin's immediate family, like, they were able to, like, get along with the dog sort of as a family dog, but really that's not what his first uh, purpose was. His first purpose was for protection. So if it was someone coming in from the outside, that dog didn't know who that person was and that he would, you know, treat that person completely differently than the four immediate family members. So exactly. um, how does that work when, when, you know, when the guard dog is there for protection and let's say you do have a party, you do have company, what do you do then? Well, it's, it's just like any other thing that you would uh, initiate caution with. If I'm having someone into my home and I have my dog trained for protection, then I have a kennel or somewhere that I can put the dog, okay, so that he doesn't interact with the people. If, I, if it's just a pet, then he interacts with the people. So the dogs that are primarily used for protection, you're saying that they have to be separated. They have to, uh, that way they won't get a confused signal as to whether to accept the stranger or not. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Gotcha. And what do you make of these dog trainers that use way too many treats to uh, train the dog? I was watching... Um, Jay Leno a couple of months back and they had a dog trainer on air and like it seemed like every two seconds whether the dog needed it or not she was giving the dog treats um, maybe that's okay when you're first teaching the dog a trick but to you know it, apparently this trick was a trick that this dog has been doing for years and years and years on many different TV shows and she was still continually giving him treats what do you, what do you say to that well, I, I call that treat training, okay? They are giving the dog a reward because the hunger drive is one of the highest drives that the dog uh, exhibits. So are you training in a repetitious fashion? They've trained this dog that if he sits, I give him a treat. If he stays, I give him a treat. If he downs, I give him a treat. And that's their pattern. I don't use treats at all in my training. I want the dog to respond because he wants to respond, because he enjoys responding, okay? And that's the way that I train. I don't knock anybody for how they train, what they do with their training, but treat training doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me either. I, I think you sort of get the dog hooked on something and what if you're at a place where you've run out of treats or something like that you get you get hooked on a, a reward system that isn't very effective to me exactly. I mean this person is exactly. very famous and very well known in the movie industry but I, I agree with you I disagree with her tactics so um, yes. let's hold that thought for just a moment we're gonna go to a commercial break and pay some bills we'll be right back with you you're listening to the men's advocate show with Linda Gross our guest is Larry Hill. If you've got questions for him, call us at 888-909-1050. That's 888-909-1050.
Hey guys, want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less? Linda Gross has done the research by interviewing 20,000 men. Reap the benefits. Go to themensadvocate.com slash coaching and you'll be on your way. Hi, you guys, and I say guys specifically, you have to listen to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. It's a show where men can be men. She's going to be our breakout radio superstar. I've said that many times on my show. That is absolutely the truth. And her show is on exactly one hour after my show's on today. So tune in at 4 p.m. Pacific time right here to KCAA AM 1050 and listen to Linda Gross. Thank you. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name, hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases, and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchases required. Just start with this link each time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Now back to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KCAA 1050 AM, where men can be men. Uh, Q, Q. Were you going to go to the Q? When you get divorced, there are two types of support oh, payments. Oh, not that one. one not of them. that one. Okay, we'll just move on, Joe. That was from last last time. All right. Um, you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. You're on with my guest, Larry Hill. And we're continuing our conversation about dogs and dog training. Um, so, Larry, tell us, what do you do when a dog barks excessively? I recently had a neighbor who uh, she had to leave during the day and unfortunately the, the dog would stay in the kitchen most of the day and barking all day for like hours and hours on end. The next door neighbor complained to the, I guess to the ASPCA or whoever the, the government agency is and after a long battle of hearings and court and this and that and the other, I think this lasted like four to six months. Uh, the the dog owner was uh, fined and cited and had to correct the problem. It was a big ugly mess. It, it turned into like a whole street war and the owner like got you know people to take sides with her and um, you know supposedly the next door neighbor who put in the complaint was the the wrong party and she was the owner was the injured party. Anyway, um, the, the ruling said the owner was in the wrong, that you shouldn't be having your dog bark for six hours a day just because you're not, not home. So how would you have solved that problem? How would you have helped the owner from curbing this excessive barking? Well, to actually curb the problem, the, uh, the dog must be trained that you give the dog a command that you don't want it to bark. Some dogs are quite mouthy, like German Shepherds and dogs of the Shepherd family. They bark because that's their makeup. But right. through repetitious teaching, and you can teach the dog not to bark or on command to stop barking. You know, hmm. but you have to uh, utilize different methods. Some people use anti-bark collars, some people use choke chains uh, and other training apparatuses, but it all starts with the puppy, teaching the puppy when to bark and when not to bark. Okay. So, like in this case, for example, if that dog were left in another part of the house, like the whole other side of the house, the neighbor would never have heard it. But unfortunately, the kitchen was the room that was closest to the neighbor's house. And unfortunately, that's where the dog did all of its barking. And it was a fun-natured dog. It was a Pomeranian. I mean, it wasn't like a guard <laughs> dog, like a shepherd or something like that. It was a Pomeranian, and she just wouldn't stop barking. <laughs> well, a lot of dogs go through separation anxiety 
you know, and their avenue for expressing their anxiety is through their barking. So the owner could address that, that problem by training the dog not to bark or getting the dog to learn that there are times when you must be without my presence. So there is a way to wean the dog away from you if the owner is, say, a, a working dog owner and, you know, is going to be away from the dog several hours a day. There is a way to wean yep. the dog off that. Yeah, there's a way to wean the dog off of that. A lot of it evol evolves around crate training. Now, can you do it after the dog is already a few years old, or do you have to start with puppy training? Well, after the dog is a few years old, if you're using the crate, then you can train the dog, okay, but it's going to take time. It would be more effective if you started training the, the, the puppy when it's a pet. I put it in the crate, I covered the crate, okay, and then I leave. Gotcha. All right, you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show uh, with Linda Gross. We have on my, my guest, Larry Hill, who is a dog owner and dog trainer. I think we have a, a caller on the line. Please uh, step up to the mic, speak loud and clearly, tell us your name and city. My name is Lori from Burbank. Hi, Lori from Burbank. How are you? Fine, thanks. Fine. How are you, Linda? Awesome. Thank you. So glad you could call in. Thank you. Hopefully I can get an answer here. Okay. <laughs> um, my dog is hes a four-year-old Australian Shepherd, and I've had him about two years, and I adopted him from a sh an animal shelter. And we have gone on walks every morning, long walks two miles, three miles, every morning since I've had him. And he's been fantastic. And all of a sudden, he will not go on a walk. And I, I can't drag him out of the house. And I have two theories. One is he does get a little bit frightened every time he hears a car going by dropping off newspapers. It scares him. And he'll stop and sit down and won't move for a while, but I can usually get him to go again. Or, about 10 days ago, I took him to an area in Burbank that is for horses, horseback riding. Yeah. And in that area, he can be off leash. And he loves it. And he won't go ever since I took him down there that one time. What Larry, can what I do, do you to have get him to say back to out the caller's <laughs> question? Okay, so what is your question? Well, my question so is... So the dog doesn't want to walk anymore. It did formerly, but all of a sudden now it's not walking. And she says a couple of things do trigger him not walking. If he sees like a newspaper driver or newspaper delivery person, somehow that freaks him out. What was the other situation, Lori? Well, when I he hasn't gone on a walk on the street since I took him that one day down to the horse trails where he could be off leash. Oh, okay. So and I may them, have... And he, go ahead. I may have, you know, um, ruined him with that. I don't know. Well, 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 dogs are like people. You walk the dog two miles, three miles every day. If yes. in the process of doing that, the dog displays some sort of behavior, stop walking the dog as much, address the problems that they're having. If he's having a problem with the car, uh, cars passing, someone uh, uh, disturbs his uh, pattern, he becomes fearful. You have to reassure him that it's okay. Okay, I have done that. Um, we wait How? until the car is, is far enough away that he can't hear the newspapers dropping anymore. Um, and I, you know, I let him sit there. I don't force him. Um, and then he goes on, and then it's not a problem. 
until the next time, which may be a month later, we hit the wrong day at the wrong time again. But that's never stopped him from leaving the house and going out on a walk. Okay. So when, when the when the guy is dropping the papers off, you stop the dog right then when he's displaying the the, the fear, and you reassure him by petting him, by letting him know it's nothing to be afraid of. Okay. Yeah. Not because their memory is very short. So okay. you have to do it right as it's happening. Okay, and and I have done that. My problem is is that he now hasn't gone out for a walk. He won't leave the house for ten days. So, well, you, yeah, uh, it's it's sort of it's kind of hard on an individual basis to say exactly a cure-all for every dog, okay? Because okay. It's, just like, it's just like people. If he doesn't want to go for a walk, don't take him. Or switch the times in which you're taking him for a walk. Okay, I'll give that a try. Okay, I'll give that a try. It's, just, it's very hot in the afternoon, so I'm, I try to do it in the very early morning. Yeah, when you adopt a dog from a shelter or when you adopt an older dog, you don't know what situations they've encountered in the past, the situations that they've encountered prior to you getting the dog. So Correct. When you, when you find certain things that are out of the ordinary, you have to reassure the dog that it's going to be okay, that he doesn't have anything to worry about. In the instance with the papers, as the car is driving by, as the newspapers are being dropped off, you stop, you praise the dog, you reassure him that it's going to be okay, and then you proceed on from there. Okay. And, and Larry, you had a technique that I saw in one of your videos. You, there was a female client, and she was doing um, short little pets. And you said, right. no, no, when you praise him or when you're calming the dog down, uh, from being fearful, you should use a long stroke, like all the way down his back kind of stroke. Would you kind of elaborate a little bit more on that? And would that yeah, help it, um, it, it uh, goes, Lori's it situation? Goes, okay, it goes back to when they were puppies, when they were first born. When the first soothing feeling that they got or that they received was when the mother was cleaning them after birth. She would lick them and she would lick their entire body so that it became soothing to them so in my training I refer back to that method okay reassuring the dog it's okay and then giving him long strokes slowly so that he understands that it's okay it's, it just takes him back to his, uh, his first instance that he received that Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, try that, Lori. And then okay. what about the thing about her taking it uh, to taking the dog to a park that's unleashed? That he's like a little bit afraid of that kind of situation now. He well, well, no, he he. That's the only place he wants to go. In yeah, my feeling, he, he gets some freedom. He gets some freedom. He's off leash. He can run. He can. He can. He can uh, pretty much do what he wants to do or have liberties that would that you're restricting with him on leash. Yes. Um, okay. Yes, I understand that. I understand that. It's just I never had a problem before where he wouldn't, you know, where I could do that with him and then he would be fine to go out on a leash in, in the neighborhood again. And so I'm going to try that technique on the long strokes. Okay, you say he's a cattle dog, right? He's a he he. I believe Australian he's shepherd. A pure Australian shepherd. He's an unusual color, but he I believe he's pure. Yeah, they're they're used to running. They're used to uh, herding. They're used to things where they're working without a leash. And it's part of their nature to be able to uh, do those things. But if the dog is constantly on leash, 
he's not being able to resort, re, revert back to his uh, instinctive nature. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, so you're okay. saying, Larry, to change it up a little bit, sometimes ah. go off leash, leash and sometimes with the leash? Right. Yeah, I would. I just can't do it every day. And so yeah. I do want him to get his exercise every day. But if it's not an absolute, if he doesn't have to have it every day. Um, well, how, how old is the dog? He's about four. Okay. He doesn't need, he doesn't need to exercise every day. No. <laughs> no. Okay. He doesn't need to, he doesn't need to run every day. I mean, if he was an athlete training for some competition or some sort of uh trial or things of that nature, you work the dog a little differently. But if he's not doing that, then he doesn't need to do that every day. Okay. So maybe even doing off leash uh once a week that would be enough. Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm saying that in and with her walking the dog and running the dog two and three miles every day, that's a bit excessive. That could be what? Excessive. It's a bit excessive. Okay. Okay. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. Well, Lori, thank please you. hold that thank thought. You. Um, and Larry, too, uh, we're going to go to a commercial break, pay a few bills. You're listening to The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Thank you. Thanks, Lori. You can stay on a little bit if you want. You're great. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name, hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchases required. Just start with this link each time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Hey guys, want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less? Linda Gross has done the research by interviewing 20,000 men. Reap the benefits. Go to themensadvocate.com slash coaching and you'll be on your way. Hey guys, want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less? Linda Gross has done the research by interviewing 20,000 men. Reap the benefits. Go to themensadvocate.com slash coaching and you'll be on your way. Now back to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KCAA 1050 AM, where men can be men. Thank you for joining us. We're on every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. You can listen to us on the KCAA uh, radio.com website or on the TuneIn app if you are away from the calling area, if you're away from the service area, or you can also listen um, on the telephone. So you can use a desk phone, landline, or a smartphone, and that call-in number is uh, 832-999-1050, 832-999-1050. So you're on with our guest today. Uh, his name is Larry Hill. You can find his Facebook page, Puppy Imprinters Academy, Puppy Imprinters Academy. You can uh, contact him at info at puppyinprinters.com and for more information and all the links you can find that on my Facebook fan page which is the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross you'll have Larry's information were there any other contact uh, uh, informations or phone numbers you'd like to give out Larry in case they want to find you well they can find me basically through that page that's where we do most of our training and most of our uh, advertising very good. And how long is a training session, by the way? Training sessions are short, anywhere from uh, 15 minutes to a half hour. Oh. And they go on for one week, two weeks, a month, or how do you do well, that? We do, we do five, we do five weeks. Five weeks. Time. Okay, gotcha. 
And do you give refresher courses like six months later if the, if the owner is still having an issue with a particular area or another? Yes, if they're having an issue with the dog, they can bring the dog back to us and they can start right back in with the training. At, at some intervals, you want the dog to do refresher courses. You want the dog to uh, start, you know. Very good. So if you're interested in calling us and asking Larry questions, our call-in number is 888-909-1050, 888-909-1050. All right. Um, so let's see. Um, okay. You, I, I noticed on your website that you have a pit bull, and uh, you still have a pit bull, right? Yes. Ryder, I think his name was. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Now, Ryder, what do you I have say Ryder the pitbulls have, have been uh, in the Coco. news all over the the news these past couple of years on how they've attacked this person or, you know, killed this infant or this child. What do you have to say to that? Because I know you're you're the expert on uh, training dogs who are what's called the bullying breeds, meaning right. the pit bulls the Mastiffs, and the Rottweilers. So with all this negative press that's going on, what's your response to that? My response is that the owners are primarily the responsible party. If you train the dog, then you don't have those situations because the dog understands. He's uh, introduced to people. He's introduced to dogs, and they know that they're behavior should be passive. Most people, they get the dog, they put the dog in the backyard, uh, they don't do anything with it, they don't train the dog, uh, people pass by the yard, the dog becomes aggressive at the people passing by, and then the dog gets out, and then he uh, bites everybody because he hasn't been taught that this is unacceptable behavior. So it is extremely important that they train the dog, and the training starts at the age of four months. If we start before four months with uh, locking the dog away, uh, how house the dog, uh, how you treat the dog, how you introducing to the your friends, your neighbors, and it it's a lot involved in there but it starts very young so would you say that if the dog were older it's probably not a good idea to bring uh, a bullying breed into your home unless you live like in a remote area where you know the next door neighbor is quite a bit distance away well well the bully breed itself okay is most of them are not aggressive it's the it's the it's the fighting stock pit. It's the pit that's uh, highly active. It's the Rottweiler. Uh, it's the German Shepherd. It's the Doberman. It's it's all of these dogs, but they all can be curbed. Their behavior can be directed to where they understand that this is not acceptable behavior. Right. And if you were to, let's say you're a growing family and a newborn is going to come on the scene, would you advise against getting um, a bullying breed uh, to be around a newborn? Not necessarily. It depends, once again, if you're training a dog, okay, uh, dogs react to different stimuluses. So if you are having or going to have this dog, and you're going to have a baby, then you have to introduce the dog to the situation. I would never leave a baby and a pit bull in a room together alone because the dog will react instinctively. But the dog's behavior can be modified that he understands what it is he's supposed to do if the baby is crying okay they can be taught to be submissive to that hmm. 
So you, you're saying that there there is a way around this. Yeah, yeah. It, the owner has to assume the responsibility for the dog. Right. The I, I like the idea to, of not leaving your young child alone with the dog. I, I do exactly, like that because exactly. the adult I'm has to be the, the adult and be the conscientious one. Exactly. And you I'm don't want to take a risk, with especially with your newborn time. child. You know, the things that we, the news stories that we've been hearing, you know, of late that they've been attacking and, and killing infants. Because the owner is not responsible. When you're responsible, you don't leave the dog and the baby alone. There has to be someone there that gives the dog structure so that the dog will know not to react aggressively. I gotcha. So what's your thought on if your dog does attack somebody, uh, you know, and hopefully, you know, not kill them, but do you approve of the dog being taken down? If, if the dog attacks someone? Yeah. Let's say he attacked your next door neighbor or something. Okay. A lot of people, a lot of people believe that the dog just instinctively goes off on these kids and things of this nature. But the dog has been taught to do certain things and to behave in certain ways. If you allow your dog to uh, become aggressive, you have to uh, apply the restraints to the dog so that the dog will know that this is unacceptable behavior. And that's done through repetitious teaching. I would never leave a child and a dog in a room alone. Never. Unattended. Never. I agree with yep. you. I wish a yep. lot of owners would wise up to that. And I also well, think it's the owner's fault if your dog. dog is straying onto somebody else's property. Don't you agree? I mean, I'm why sorry, are they attacking I, your neighbor I, I, in the first place? Shouldn't you, you know, have your watch on them? Shouldn't you be in control of your own dog? Exactly. Exactly. You, you set the parameters for the dog. You give the dis, uh, instructions to the dog. The dog will respond to your instructions if applied properly. And what's your thought on uh, dog fences? You know, those electrical fences that prevent the dog from going to the perimeter of the property. You think it's wow. okay? Do you think it's inhumane that they get electroshocked? What's your thought on that? Well, once again, it's just like I don't use electronic collars on my dogs at all. I've never used an electronic collar. The dog must understand. A lot of Thanks. people do, and their dogs respond to it. I personally think it's inhumane because then it's getting a shock and it doesn't know where it's coming from, but people use them. So you're saying don't be lazy as an owner, like figure out how to train the dog rather than using a, a remote device. Yes. I agree. All right, Larry, it's been great to have you on our show. Um, again, uh, you're on with Larry Hill. Go to my Facebook fan page and all of his information is there. He is with puppyimprinters.com puppyimprinters.com and he can tell you uh, about classes and training and and uh, and the like and we appreciate your having uh, having you on the show um, I'd like to uh, say that for those of you who just can't get enough of me maybe you don't know this but I'm also on poor man's show every Wednesday before this show. So listen to me on Poor Man's Show at 2.30 Pacific Time. That's 2.30 Pacific Time um, every Wednesday, and, I, and you'll get an extra half hour of The Men's Advocate. 
Um, it's my birthday this week, so I'm going to take a few days off uh, this this uh, long holiday weekend. I hope you have a great holiday and enjoy your barbecues. And we'll see you right back here next Wednesday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern Time with the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Thanks very much, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. Write me your questions and comments.